So let's just get into it. Let's talk about letting go of stuff that's slowing us down. Here's, here's a key thought for today, or, or the idea. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter. Amen? It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does matter in our lives. The problem is this, is that everything in culture screams just the opposite. Right? Like we can go way back to Genesis where, where God cre- created all of creation and he created Adam and Eve and, and he put them in this four star garden, right? And they had everything they needed. They had everything they needed, including him. And God says, You can enjoy everything in this amazing garden. Everything. You just can't eat from that tree. You can't eat from that one tree. Going all the way back to creation, we've been told we've been told a lie because the serpent, after Jesus, after God said this, the serpent comes along, and what does he say? Really? Did God say you really can't eat from that tree? Right? And so going all the way back to creation, we've been told this one lie that we still believe today. And that lie is this. Everything that you have, out of all the things that we have, right, all the blessings that God has given us, what we don't have is what we need. The one thing we don't have, that's the thing that we need to feel fulfilled or to be, to be complete, right? And I'm guilty of it, too. If I got one dollar, two is better. If, if I got one watch, man, two is, two is better. If I got one car, two is better. If I got one kid. (laughs) Six will just make you broke on Christmas. (laughs) More is not always better. (laughs) Uh, A couple months, (laughs) I love my kids. A couple months back, Michelle and I went to Amish country for a night, and we went to uh, a restaurant there uh, called Dutch Valley Restaurant. Dutch, yeah, somebody's been there. Yeah, Dutch Valley Restaurant. And the one thing they have at Dutch Valley Restaurant that I love so much is a buffet. Is a buffet. Like when I go to a buffet, I don't just eat the chicken, I eat the beef. I don't just eat the chicken and the beef. I get some fish, too. I get cornbread. I get mashed potatoes. I like the green beans. I like... Yeah, I like it all. For dessert, I, just, I don't get just the chocolate cake. I get some banana pudding, too. I throw a little bit of ice cream on the side. I'm literally eating with two hands. When I'm at Dutch Valley, literally eating with two hands. And so we got back to the, the cabin, and, and Michelle was getting ready, so she went and took a shower. She's getting ready for bed, and, and I was sitting on the edge of the bed, and I was just like, <laughs> and I went outside of the cabin to visit a bush. And it got colorful out by this bush. And in that moment, 
I was reminded that sometimes less, less is better. And Solomon teaches us this principle in Ecclesiastes uh, that I want to talk about today. And he says this. He says in Ecclesiastes 4, 6, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. In other words, it's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what really does matter. Why? Because the calling on your life is too valuable to waste it on things that don't matter. Jesus warns us about this in Luke 12, 15, when he says, he says, then, it says then he said to them, watch out, be on guard. Right? Watch out, be on guard. When we hear, when we hear that, it, it, it really, it, it causes us to take heed, right? When, when Pastor Troy and I were, were younger, we used to walk home from school occasionally, and we would cut through people's yards to get home. I don't know, did anybody else do that, just cut through people's yards? Right, yeah, right? Like, I wish somebody would cut through my yard today, <laughs> right? But we would cut through people's yards, and, and we were walking one time, and, and Pastor Troy was just, we were walking along, and he was like, watch out, watch out! And I took off running, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't wait around to find out what we watching out. Like, I took off running, right? And he was like, ah, just messing around. But, <laughs> but it does. It makes you feel like, like something physically harmful is coming your way, right? But Jesus shares something here in the scripture that's equally as dangerous to our souls. He says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Somebody say, my life does not consist of my stuff. Everything in culture tells us the opposite. But what you need to understand is that you are not what you have. You are not what you drive. You are not what you wear. You are not what you own. The lie is that, is that what you don't have is what you need to be happy, what you need to be fulfilled, what you need to be joyful, what you need to fit in, what you need to be significant, important to be popular. What you don't have is what you need. Whatever that thing is, the world keeps telling us more, 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 more. Give me more. That's, that's what I need to be happy. What if... What if the stuff that you have is actually robbing you from that thing, whatever it is that God is calling you to be, whatever God wants you to be? He says, better is one handful with tranquility, with peace, with joy, than two handfuls of toil and anxiety and stress. And so what I want to give you today is three thoughts that we could call one hand living, one hand living. First thing I want to encourage you to do is throw out. Somebody say throw out. Throw out, throw out as much, just throw out like your life depends on it, right? Because it, it actually does. Throw out. And I'm not talking about like moving stuff around. I'm talking about like actually throwing stuff out. Owning less is way better than organizing more. Owning less is way better than organizing more. Your life doesn't consist of your stuff. 
Your life doesn't consist of the abundance of junk that you have in your closet or in your junk drawer. We all got a junk drawer. It doesn't, it doesn't consist of, of, of the things that you have in your shed or in your garage or wherever it is that you keep this stuff. Pastor Michelle and I, when we got married, she inherited a couple of things. She, in- <laughs> she, she inherited a husband. She inherited three more kids. But she also inherited this. You get the picture? Thank you. It is organized. Thank you. I know this is what everybody keeps telling me, so that's why I'm keeping it. It's organized. But she inherited most of the half of that is about 13 containers, but that's only like a quarter of my, of my what I call good junk. This is my good junk. My good junk has like moved around with me. I don't know, I think it's six times I've moved over the course of 21 years. And most of it has never come out of the bins. (laughs) Get behind me, Satan. Throw it out. Throw it out. I call it my good junk. It's my good junk because you know why? When there was an outlet cover that was broke, she was like, we need an outlet cover. I was like, no, we don't. No, we don't. It's in my good junk. When we moved into that house right there, there were smoke detectors that were in the house, but we didn't have a carbon monoxide detector. It's in my good junk. But it took a little while, but I, yeah. But we have to be careful because we'll allow this stuff to consist of who we are. We'll allow it to consist of who we are. All right? You can go ahead and take the picture down. They're judging me. There was, there was a rich young man in the New Testament that had a lot of stuff. Right? And when this young man met Jesus, he asked him, he said, what good thing must I do to get an eternal life? And Jesus told him, you know, the commandments, don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery, don't give false testimony, you know, honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as yourself. The rich young man said, man, I already do all that stuff, Jesus. I already do it. And then Jesus says something to this rich young man that was very unique to him. He said, if you want to be perfect, go sell your stuff. Take the money and give it to the poor. Then you'll have treasures in heaven. In other words, get rid of the stuff that doesn't matter and do more of the stuff that does matter. You see, Jesus exposed his weakness, right? The problem was that this guy was so into his stuff. The scripture says in Matthew 19, 22, when the young man heard this, He went away sad because he had great wealth. We have to be careful not to allow our stuff to consist of who we are. You see, there's nothing wrong with having good things, good stuff. Like we have a, 
we have a generous father, a generous God. Like he blesses us. He wants us to have nice stuff. It's wrong when your stuff has you. Right? It's wrong when, when your life is defined by your stuff. See, it's not okay when we believe that the more stuff that we have, the more fulfilled we are in life, the, more, the happier we are in life. Pursuing just a bunch of junk, believing that, that, that something meaningful or something powerful is going to fulfill this, this void in our lives that, that no stuff can ever fulfill, right? It's a void that can only be filled by the goodness, the mercy, and the grace of a holy God. Why do we hold on to so much stuff? There's, there's two reasons why we hold on to so much stuff. This is some of my good junk. This is from that one of those shells. You know, there's, there's a reason why we still hold on to... To be a... Shame on you. Shame on you. Why we still hold on to VHS tapes? You know? Why we still hold on to CD? This is actually, this is a, this is a karaoke CD. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Why we still hold on to these things? Right? Is... The first one is fear. It's fear. We're afraid we might need it in the future. Right? Your children might want it. You don't want to waste it or you want to be a good steward of it, right? I grew up with this mindset. This is, this is actually called a poverty. It's a poverty mindset. I might need this or I need to save this, right? I pay good money for these things. I'm going to just throw it away. It's important to me. What I found is there's a tremendous lack of faith in that type of thinking, in that mindset. What I've discovered over the years is that there's a deeper sense of faith that you can tap into when you bless others with stuff that you don't need, right? When you give that stuff away that I might need in the future, I'm just trusting God to provide for me in the future, and I'm blessing somebody else with something today, right? You're just saying that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. Pastor Michelle does this a lot. What I found out is when she, when she gets a new pair of shoes, what she does is she looks in her closet to get rid of an old pair of shoes. She gets a new shirt, she looks in her closet to get rid of an old shirt. So first reason we don't get rid of stuff is because of fear. Second reason we, we tend not to throw things away is because of sentiment. Sentiment. In other words, like this is, um, yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's the first ribbon I won for the 40-yard dash in seventh grade. Thank you. 
<laughs> I'll deal with you later, Mr. Boussole. You know, I, I really thought that, I really did. I thought that, I, I thought that I, my, my son, who runs track, he, he, I would give those to him when he, when he ran track. The state winning won the 200 yard dash in these right but we do these things we 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 save these things because of sentiment this is my this is my child's first tooth they lost and here's a second and here's his third and his fourth and before you know it you have a whole bag of chops (laughs) in a ziploc bag Right? Drawings are a huge thing, right? Oh, here's his first drawing in the first grade, and here's his first drawing in the second grade. Those are like five scribbles on a piece of paper. This is my first loves, my first crushes letter to me in, in the sixth grade. You are married to a whole different person right now. You better burn some stuff in your house. Whatever it is, we tend to keep it. Because of sentiment. There's an author that wrote a book about uh, minimalism, and she said this about sentimental things. She said, thank them for the purpose they served in the past and bless somebody else with it. Bless somebody else with it. Right? So thank you, Lord, for this onesie that my son wore 31 years ago. I am now going to bless the garbage man with this onesie, right? Thank you, Lord, for, 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 for the blanket that was crocheted by my aunt that she gave to me on graduation. It served a valuable purpose. I treasure that memory in my heart, and now I'm going to bless somebody else with it, maybe the same garbage man. And I'm not going to let stuff weigh me down. Less of the stuff that doesn't matter and more of the stuff that does. Better is one hand full of tranquility than two hands with toy on chasing the wind. So first, we're going to throw out. Second, we're going to buy less. Buy less. You know, the 62% of people admitted to shopping just to cheer themselves up. Just to cheer themselves up. Oh, I'm feeling so down. I'm, I feel so depressed. I'm, I'm just going to shop to help me feel better, right? When I go shopping, I feel so powerful. It gives me this sense of momentary significance, right? I'm buying all the things that I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't even like. There's something about this that gives me, it just gives me this temporary high glory to God. Why do we do this? Because that thing that we don't have is what we need to feel happy, to feel complete. I love what the psalmist prays in Psalm 119, 36 through 37. He says, turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain." Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. 
He says, help me turn my eyes away from worthless things. And my prayer is that, is that I get to this place. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But my prayer is that I get to this place. I pray that I get to a place where, where my life is so full of the goodness of God that, that I don't need things to help me feel better about who I am. Right? That my life is just so full of the glory of God. That, that, that I don't need anything to say that I'm worthy. Right? That place where you don't need things to define who you are because Jesus has already defined who you are in him. Right? You are forgiven. You are chosen. You are regenerated. You are renewed. You are loved. You are secure. Right? You're chosen. You're victorious in him. Amen? Amen? One of the things that we're doing better at as a family is we're we're choosing experiences over things. We're choosing experiences over things. My wife has always been excellent about this. She, uh, one of her friends, she buys a gift for uh, every Christmas or on her birthday. And what she does is she, she usually buys tickets to Playhouse Square. Or, or this year we went to a Cavs game. But it's experiences over things. She never just buys a thing for her. When we have our kids over for dinner, she's usually the one that says, let's play a board game. And I used to think it was so corny. But it's experiences over things, right? She wants our family to have great memories. So I thought what I'd do is I texted our kids and, and I asked them a question. Um, I said, what's your favorite childhood memory? What is your favorite childhood memory? You know what they didn't tell me? Oh, that PS5 you bought me. Right? They didn't say, oh, it was the Apple Watch that you gave me, that you bought me. You know, my oldest, he didn't say, oh, yeah, it was the sit and spin. <laughs> you, you old if you know what a sit and spin is. You know what you did on a sit and spin? You sat and you spun. That's what you did in the sit and spin. But Braxton, my, my son Braxton, our son Braxton, he said, he said the times where you used to come, where we used to come and visit Brandon. And we used to live in Dayton, and, and he, he loved just to drive me and him in the car. Four hours back here and four hours back. He loved that. My oldest son Brandon, he said when, when I went to Universal with mom and, 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 and I got to be on Nickelodeon. Our son Bass said, when I finally learned to ride a bike, that the joy and freedom of it all was amazing. Our daughter Tricia said, my favorite thing was playing hide and seek with my dad's cousins and both my parents, and they let us stay up late to do it. Our daughter Marley said, I remember always making forts with you. You always found a way to be with us and play, even if you came off crazy hours at work. Our son Bobby said, it was a night. All the girls had a big slumber party. It was a night. It was one night. All the girls had a big slumber party at Aunt Robin's. So it was just me and my dad for a night. I would have been like eight. My dad rented me the first Pokemon game and Rayman for Nintendo 64. He sat in my room playing Rayman while I played Pokemon all night. It was nice just having him in my room playing video games. 
experiences over things. You can throw out. You don't need the stuff, right? You don't, you don't need the stuff that weighs you down. Listen, we got a race to run, church. There's a finish line that we need to cross. Ain't you tired of carrying so much stuff? So throw out, buy less, get into experiences, not stuff that won't last. Finally, to have a life that really matters, third thing, give more. Give more. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 17, he says, command those who are rich in this present world. You know, when we hear, when we hear that, most of us will think, I know rich people, but I'm not a rich people. If, I mean, we'll tell, we'll tell ourselves. I got a buddy, right, who, who, who has a friend who invests in real estate. He's a rich people, but, but I'm not. I'm not a rich people. But let's, let's speak globally, okay? If you drove somewhere today, you're a rich people. You're in somewhere between the top 5% and 7% of people on the planet that can do that. If you ate three meals today or have the option to do so, you're a rich people, right? You're in the top 40% of the people that have that option today. If you were able to order food on your cell phone, have somebody bring it to your house drop it off, take a picture of it, send it to you, and say your food has arrived. You are a crazy, crazy rich people. This verse right here, this is a verse that, you know, when you look at the totality of it, we're incredibly blessed. We are incredibly blessed, and this verse is for us. It speaks to us. You have to hear it. You have to feel it. You got to embrace it. You got to live it. You have to, to become it. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Like we don't feel guilty about our blessings, right? Our God is a God who blesses. We don't feel guilty if we have nice stuff. We just don't let our stuff have us. And then he goes on to say this in verse 18 and 19. He says what? Command them to go on Facebook Marketplace and find as many bargains as possible and negotiate with the sellers. No. He says command them to hoard it all until a quarter of their garage is filled and half of their crawl space is filled too. No, He says, command them to go on Amazon and click add to cart and buy now. He didn't say that. He says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Your life doesn't consist of the abundance of stuff. But when you're a blessing, when you are overflowing with the goodness of God and you're generous, that is a life that's truly life. 
You know what I've never done? I've never, I've never gotten emotional about stuff, right? Like, I've never, I didn't get the, you know, the new iPhone 15 and think, oh my goodness, I got an iPhone 15 now, right? I've never, that's never happened. I've never gotten new shoes and thought, oh my goodness, I got these brand new shoes. This is so emotional. I feel so close to God. That's never happened, right? I don't have emotional getting stories. I don't have emotional getting stories, nor do I have emotional keeping stories. Like, I, w- I would have given that, that, that couch to the family who really needed a couch, but, oh, I'm so thankful that we kept it so we could put it in our family room that nobody sits in. I don't have that kind of story. Right? I, would have, I would have given that bike to that, to, that, to that mother who really needed a bike for, for her son. But, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad we kept it, Michelle. We now have a grandson who is one. Is he one? No, he's not even one years old. But he can use that bike in about 10 years. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have any of those stories. Right? I don't have emotional getting stories and, and emotional keeping stories. But I do have emotional giving stories. Like when we went to Haiti. And on a Wednesday, while we were giving out bread and peanut butter and water. And, and I looked over in the corner and saw an elderly lady just sitting over there watching. And for the first time, I heard the voice of the Lord speak directly to me. And he said, give her everything in your pocket. And so I walked over and I reached in my pocket. And I gave that lady everything I had. I felt close to God then. Or when I went to Joshua Kids and and the kid who was sleeping on the bunk above me didn't have a blanket. He didn't have a sheet for his bed. And I thought, man, he doesn't have anything. But the Lord says, you do. You do. And so immediately I went out to my car and I got a sleeping bag and, and the pillow that I had out there and I gave it to him. I said, here, man, this is, this is yours. I want you to take this. I want you to keep it. And, and, and he, was, he was filled with so much joy over a sleeping bag. Over a sleeping bag. I've been in, in situations where my wife and we were sitting at, at Bob Evans eating, and then she's several times she's seen a person sitting by herself, and she called over the waitress and she said, "Can you can you give her can you give us her bill? Can you give us his bill? We are a blessing to be a blessing." It's just stuff. It's just stuff. It's interesting. I used to, I used to just want to accumulate more and more and more, you know. Now I can take a look at it all and just say that it's just stuff that'll burn up. It doesn't matter. Amen? Amen. Stand up with me as we close.
Better. Better is one hand with tranquility, with contentment, with peace, with joy, with assurance, with confidence, with the ability to be generous, with a heart to be a blessing. Then two hands filled with toil and stress. Less of what does matter, more of what doesn't. Less of what doesn't matter, more of what does. This world is not our home, y'all. We're just passing through. We're just passing through. You got to ask yourself, are you, are you accumulating on earth what you can't keep? Or are you investing in heaven what you can't lose? Travel light. Throw out, buy less, give more. Less of the stuff that just accumulates and gets in the way of what really matters. More intimacy, more peace, more joy, more deep and intimate connections and relationships, more generosity, more blessings that truly are blessings. The calling on your life is too valuable it's too valuable to waste it on stuff that doesn't matter. And this is why this is why one hand living is better. I mean, think about it. If somebody's down, you can pick them up. If somebody is in need, I can reach in my pocket. We can give. Right? If somebody's hurting, you can hug them. I can praise God with one hand living. Less of what doesn't matter, more of what does. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would just help us take our eyes off of the things of this world, Father, and place them on you, Lord. Help us to be content with you, Jesus, because you are more than enough, Father. Help us not to believe the lie of the enemy that what we don't have in this world is what we need. All we need is the presence of Jesus. us to let go of the things that don't matter in this world and to set our eyes on you, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will continue to be a light to our path, Father, a lamp to our feet, God, and that you would show us the way of righteousness. We thank you for you being who you are, Lord of all, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. 
we love you and we bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus, it's the most important thing that you will ever do. We're going to have some of our altar ministers come up here. If you need prayer, we want to pray with you today. Come this way before you go that way. Amen. Come this way before you go that way. It was awesome being here. I love you, Avon Lake. I hope to see you very soon. I'll see you in two weeks, as a matter of fact. Remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard. We'll see you next, uh, next time.